Hey there, this is Evan Loser from Cool Cats, the leading player in Web3 storytelling. You're tuned into the edge of NFT, the podcast telling the most compelling stories in tech and innovation. Keep listening. Hey, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn how a fear of death helped lead to one of the most successful NFT launches in the bleakest of markets. And if you're getting lost in all the noise, we're in line, it's all noise, and responding versus reacting will lead to harmony in life and business. And learn how Mintangible has made an easy button for creators and owners to craft and understand NFT IP rights. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy. Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Evan Luza, the ingenious co-founder of Cool Cats and the creative mind behind Ghost Boy and Alpha Labs. Hailing from Austin, Texas, Evan has made a significant impact in the world of Web3 and NFTs with his deep expertise and insights. As a seasoned creative and entrepreneur, he's left his mark on major brands like Bitcoin.com, Microsoft, Adult Swim, and Valve. Currently, he's channeling his talents into his latest ventures, Alpha Labs, where projects like Block Laser are taking shape and the development of the captivating Ghost Boy NFT collection. In this episode, we'll delve into the phenomenon of Cool Cats, a renowned blue chip NFT brand with a passionate global community. Born from the imaginative comic character Blue Cat, this brand has evolved into a digital powerhouse boasting an impressive array of collectibles, animated content, comics, games, and merchandise. As a trailblazer in Web3, Cool Cats is dedicated to igniting innovation and crafting immersive experiences that draw the community into the captivating realm of Cooltopia through the adventures of Blue Cat and his friends. Here's our new friend, Evan Luza. Welcome to Edge of NFT. GM, GM, GM. GM, GM, GM. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah, man. It's great to have. I think we covered it all, actually, I think in the intro, That's right? It. So I think we're, yeah. I think we're probably good, dude. That's Appreciate it. you That's joining it. us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, look, dude, Cool Cats, massive community, really engaged community, passionate community, you know, a brand that really does embrace the cool name. Well, the clues in the name. Yeah, exactly. Right. But also innovation, right? Like at the forward edge of innovation, that's the stuff we like to talk about. But let's start at the beginning, dude. Like share with us how it all came together. I like to, I told Klon this too, so I have permission to say this, but I'd like to think of myself as Morpheus and Klon's Neo. We went to school together, him and I, we went to Georgia State from Atlanta. He's from Atlanta and we were both in school together. And I was always a significantly more of like nerdy, crypto tech centric dude then he wasn't really familiar with blockchain or anything like that anyways after i graduated ended up at valve and microsoft and at microsoft my buddy put me on crypto for the first time and actually it was like the chain link ico i don't know if you guys are familiar with the ico days back in the day but that's sort of what got my bug going in, in crypto land that was like 2017 and then i worked at bitcoin.com a little bit after that so long story short i was contextually the like technical background to understand at least the crypto space to some degree and then I saw the Apes Mint was like 2021, I think. It feels like 10 years ago, but it's also like yesterday. They minted and I, someone who's from, raised off Pokemon and, and Game Boy and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, who just 
loved and cherished that back of recess trading peer-to-peer stuff. I was like, okay, there's something here. There's some collectible component that's on blockchain. Like, I don't really get it. I don't really understand what I was looking at. But so I had the idea. I was like, if these apes are selling, if other stuff is selling, I think there's a market opportunity here. I had the idea to do a project called Sushi Pets, which was these anthropomorphized little pieces of sushi. I worked with a pixel artist and the plan was to launch the collection. So I hit up Klon. And I was like, hey, man, he was doing motion graphics at the time. Look, this is NFTs. Everyone on the internet's going crazy about collecting these apes. And it's all just unfolding right in front of us. There's no rule book here. Anything goes. It's all the Wild West. It's all very exciting. I sort of slowly contextualized him to the market opportunity and, and red-pilled him. That's why I said the Morpheus to Neo thing, because I sort of red-pilled him contextually on what the, the opportunity was. Long story short, we ended up getting Sushi Pets just about ready to launch. And at this point in time, too, Solidity developers and like smart contract deployment, it was very rare. You couldn't just go to Fiverr or open up Twitter and just be like, hey, who can just fork this contract? Or hey, who knows a, a Solidity dev? This was like the cusp of when NFTs were rolling out. So it was really hard to find someone who even knew how to tie a front end to a smart contract. We had Sushi Pets basically 90% done, like ready to rock. And then our dev we had ended up, he didn't rug us, but he was just like, I'm going to do something else. I'm not into it. Me and Klon were depressed for like two or three weeks as we had just put a month's worth of blood, sweat, and tears into this project we wanted to bring to the market. We felt defeated. Long story short, we're on the hunt for a new Solidity dev and we're just starting from ground zero. We're scrolling through the Twitter feed and I think it was Klon actually, he found uh, Faticorns and Faticorns was the project that uh, Klon, or that Link and Tom, who were the other two co-founders of of cool cats they had been working on. So that was pixelated fat unicorns. We joined their discord. There's probably 10 people in there. It's like, it's mostly just me, Tom, Lincoln, Klon. We contextualize them. We're like, Hey, we're not idiots. We understand the market opportunity. Here's sushi pets. What we were working on. Do you guys have any interest in helping us launch this thing? Because the Faticorns website looked really, really good. It, it looked like if you've ever got like animal crossing game or like anything that Nintendo makes, that's just a website tied to it. It was, it was just really crisply done. And the smart contract worked, which was what we were looking for. We tell Tom and Link, look, we got Sushi Pets essentially at the finish line. We'd, we'd love to work with you guys to help bring this thing to life. But then they flipped it back on us and said, hey, we're interested in working with you guys, but how about something we could have equal involvement in? So like, what could we do from scratch together? So that was then a challenge on ourselves. Like, All right, let's put Sushi Pets on ice. We now have a Solidity dev and a front-end guy that was Link at the time who's doing the front-end stuff. The task at hand is like, what are we going to bring to the market now? He went by the moniker, the cartoonist, which is like a play on the cartoonist, but the cartoonist. He had a whole catalog of Blue Cat and his comics and a bunch of different poses and bits and strips and all that stuff. He had a poster on his wall that was Blue Cat. And this was like before simultaneously during the advent of the whole PFP craze. It was just sort of this like serendipitous. It was just looking right at him. He had a poster on his wall that he made years and years ago, but it's just Blue Cat dressed up as a ninja, as a dog, as a turtle, as just all these things. And he's sitting on his couch. He's like, why don't we bring Blue Cat to the blockchain? And it was just, oh my God, like it was looking at us the whole time. Long story short, that's what we got an alignment on. We didn't know what to call it. We didn't know if it was going to be like the Cool Cats Casino or the Cool Cats Cafe. Or It was this whole getting the brand right, getting the how he would be perceived. But it ended up manifesting as, as Cool Cats. And it's all just these different variations of Blue Cat and different outfits. That's sort of the, the TLDR story. We had no idea the sort of magnitude of success we would have. We thought it through and we we're thinking this would be a weekend project of the boys coming together, making sure the assets look right, the website, the story, the narrative, putting the Twitter in the right position, open up the Discord. We had some sales. We didn't sell out instantly, but it we just hit the market in the right way and authentically that a few hours later, we ended up selling out. And then 
Next thing you know, there's celebrities buying cats and we're just sort of watching this thing explode in real time. And, and people are like, what's next? And we're like, I don't like, we don't even know how we got here. It's been this like surreal road trip of assembling the plane while it's simultaneously taking off. But that's sort of the, the high level cool cat story. Yeah, dude. Right. It's that moment when preparation meets opportunity. That's the whole thing. That's true. And to that point too, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. I think that, and not to knock other collections or artists, you know, people work at different speeds and different cadences. Klon had been working on Blue Cap seven to 10 years. That's a character that he had, he had put his heart and soul into it. It wasn't like, how do we just slap this on the blockchain and, and tell people that it looks cool? He has real pain and, and real struggle. And if you go and look back some of his comic strips of Blue Cat, like if you go, if you can follow Catunas on Instagram still, but if you go through the archive or even in the Discord, in the Cool Cats Discord, we have like, I forget what it's called. It might be called Originals or something like that, Origin Story or something. But there's many different instances where Blue Cat's struggling with writer's block, depression, just like really human things. It's basically Klon who was channeling himself in this character that he is a blue cat. That's sort of what lent itself to the stickiness of the blue cat, blue cat story is, is how authentic he was at channeling himself into this character. It's not as simple as, oh, it's a cats are cute. I'm in. On the surface, it might feel that way to some people, but there's really a story underneath it all. Amazing. And yeah, there's probably a few types of folks listening to this story and that you've encountered over the time successful launch. One that's like, man, I tried to do that too, but mine didn't go that way. Or, oh, I wish I did that. Man, I missed it. But there's so much nuance to it. And the nuance is where the magic happens. I had another question, but I am just curious. Is that what sort of led to the accelerated momentum during the sellout? Do you think it was the narrative? It was the story that you guys shared? Did you make a couple of the right calls to people you knew in the space? No, it was it was totally organic. And even to this day, we've never paid for endorsement. We've never paid for any manipulative floor, what have you. But I think historically and retrospectively, if you go back to the crypto and uh, ICOs, it's very that the whole like subculture of crypto land is very there's nothing like cute and inviting about it. There's like degenerate, like baked into just internet crypto degens, even in nothing but respect for Yuga and, and other folks of their caliber and the same thing. But it's the art and the aesthetic is I'm on a yacht. I'm smoking a cigarette. It's just like, I don't know. It, it's a different audience that I think Pool Cats, I believe, was the first to market to come with this very, I wouldn't say child or kid friendly, but it was just open to all. It's the same feeling that you get when you look at Pikachu or Hello Kitty. Like there's grandparents that love it and are into it. There's kids that are love it and are into it. And I think with Cool Cats, we presented this character that was like a breath of fresh air. And I think actually we also set the standard for what was like the foundational pillar, what influenced and informed a lot of other people after us as well, because I think we validated the cute and cool model. It's not too cute, but it is also cool, but it's not, there's no cigarettes, there's no cussing, there's no degenerate, just stuff like that. It's just very palpable and relatable, I think, just to the masses at, at large. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, and you guys made history again when you touched down during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, a, a classic institute in our society. I'm just curious what led to that. We're actually, the real Blue Cat float is going to be in the parade in 2023. In November 2023, Macy's announced that they were going to open up a contest that I don't know if they handpicked or I don't remember how it went, but we were up against the lights of G Money, Gary V with the V Friends. 
It was Cool Cats, maybe one or two others like Subducks, I think. But the sort of the TLDR is that the winner of fan favorite community voted collection would then get a balloon in the actual Macy's Day parades. We ended up and super, super shout out to the, the community. We it was a neck and neck thing. Like G Money was up there for a minute. V Friend was up there for a minute. It wasn't like a clear, no one had it in the bag. But in the last like week or a few days, our community just banded together and just made it their undying effort. We're going to see Blue Cat in this freaking parade in real life next year. Everyone's going home. The community rallied and we ended up securing that. So that's actually the sort of the big brand moment that we've been trying to funnel in as much preemptive thinking in throughout this year. So when we have that moment in the end of this year in November, when Blue Cat is being broadcasted to tens of millions of people around the world for the first time, and they're like, what is this cat floating around? We're going to make sure we we coalesce that into a a properly thought through activation moment from digital to physical. Again, shout out our community for helping us make that a a reality. Over 69,000 votes. Pretty awesome. Congrats. Oh yeah. Thanks, man. That was a blur. And and I don't know why they're not putting the heads of the edge of NFT co-hosts inflated in the Macy's parade either. I'm a little bit bitter about that. That wouldn't be a sight to see at all. (laughs) Maybe next year. So I've heard a little bit of buzz generally about the Amazon NFT marketplace and various people and projects getting involved. You can confirm, deny, or neither confirm, deny your potential involvement in the Amazon NFT marketplace. Do you see anything going on there? Is there anything you can share? Confirm or deny, no comment. I will say it's tough because obviously every coin has two sides to it. There's the folks that Amazon's clearly like a centralized entity and they're very consumeristic driven. And you could argue that they're sort of the other side juxtaposed to what decentralization is all standing for. I could argue with Amazon, but then I wouldn't get my packages delivered to my doorstep. Be careful what I say. I think that it's going to be players, Amazon and Target and Starbucks and these other gargantuans that are going to be these gatekeepers that usher in the NFT space and sort of expand the NFT audiences and reach as we know it. I think that we've seen so many Web 2 and Web 2.5 brands attempt to break into the metaverse or Web 3, but there's a fine line between authenticity and like money grabbing and defining the why. And there's also a lot of wrong ways to do it. And there's a few right ways to do it. That being said, I know Amazon is obviously probably the most well-funded company in the history. I mean, don't don't quote me on that number, but they have a few acorns that they know how to spend in a way that'll probably perpetuate their success to some degrees. All that suffice to say, I'm eager to see how they end up scaling out their NFT marketplace and how they roll out their just NFT platform in general. I think it has the potential to be a really big deal, but I also find myself I think when Coinbase was talking about their NFT platform, everyone's like, yeah, game changer. They got a zillion wallets. This is it. This is is the moment. Like, this is it. Lock in. And then it's just, oh, okay. I guess we're all still going to use OpenSea at the end of the day. I think their network and their research, we've talked to them a little bit. I've talked to them a little bit. I think that they've understood the implications and the, the lay of the land to sort of authentically try to come to the market in some way that'll onboard as many people as possible while simultaneously upsetting as few people as possible. But we'll see. I think until the curtain is open on that one, it's just going to be a, a speculative who knows sandwich. But I'm I'm personally more optimistic and eager. I think this is a step in the right direction because I think more and more NFT collections are rolling out at like an increasing basis. And I don't think we have the infrastructure as like a global 
society that there's not one consumer touch point that's been like web two-ified into web three that can they can potentially integrate us in the way that Amazon potentially could. We'll see. Well, speaking of businesses expanding beyond kind of their initial mission or vision, you've also launched Alpha Labs. Can you tell us a little bit about the story there and kind of what your vision is for this aspect of your business? Yeah, basically stepping into an advisor role with Cool Cats as opposed to being involved in the day-to-day, that gave me the freedom to pursue my own thing. So I've always been an entrepreneurial, just, I just need to make stuff. I need to touch things. So that also put me in the position to do my own collection, Ghost Boy, which is, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but with Alpha Labs, it's basically a Web3 centric product studio that's also NFT centric where myself and my co-founder, Unib, who used to work at Coinbase, the intention is to rapidly, iteratively bring experimental, disruptive, and innovative products to the market. Blockalizer was like the first collection and experimental tool we came out with, which long story short, I won't get too into it, but basically uh, there's a lot of non-sexy data as far as like what's inside of a, a transaction. So if you send someone $5, there's nothing to look at. It's just the ETH moved here, USDC moved here. So I said, what if there's a way to connect to a platform where you could select a transaction address that you've had before, you know, TX1234, and you could convert it into a digital collectible through P5 libraries and using generative art you could turn something that doesn't have visual into a digital collectible. So that was sort of like, that's what I mean when I say like experimental tech. Generative art within of itself is not for everybody. Some people are like, what am I looking at? Other people who are into technology and who are like tech purists are, this is impressive. This is cool. This is technically sound. Like I'm impressed by this. But if it doesn't have a cute face on it, some people are like, I don't care at all. That was our first stab at launching something with Alpha Labs where the intention is to do 12 Genesis, so one, a set of a thousand every month. We've done two so far. We want to do 12, but... We skipped last month because we had East Denver and other stuff going on. So the intention is to have a, another thousand every month. But yeah, so with Alpha Labs, the, the intention is to uh, focus on all these different market opportunities within space, like peer-to-peer trading, NFT trading hasn't been solved. Fractionalization hasn't been solved. A lot of people are trying to solve wallets. I think MetaMask is best, best suited, but there's just no... The user experience across the board of the Web3 land, as we know it, it's just so difficult. Nothing is easy. Everything is just very difficult. So with Alpha Labs, our, our, uh, our, our t- intention is to find market opportunities where we can bring innovative, easy, um, uh, pain-alleviating solutions to, to the marketplace. Like, and if you look at Revoke.cash, for instance, I think they're a prime example of sort of the, the formula that we're trying to apply to ourselves as well. Like before them, you know, someone would click a wrong link, they get fished, and then boom, their art block or something is gone or their ape or whatever. And there's sort of the scramble of that went crazy on Twitter. People like, how do I revoke all my stuff? And then they saw a market opportunity, revoke.cash, there you go. So a lot of times it's this chicken and egg thing where something bad or something not so good needs to happen in order for it to be improved upon. So that's sort of the the underlying ethos with Alpha Labs is to to find those things, to be conscientiously always aware of what's going on and try to try to make solutions, which is exciting, but also annoying and stressful because in Web3 land, every two or three weeks, it's like, there's a new standard. There's a new blockchain. That's a scam now. This one's not a scam now. So it's like half of the battle is just like having your ears open and your ears to the ground. Yeah, very cool. I'm looking at the launch and you guys did almost 5,000 ETH in volume in this market. That's really impressive. Oh, for a ghost boy, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's on OpenSea. I think we did another like five or 6,000 on Blur, which is really cool. Oh, wow. OpenSea doesn't even track the volume that's not on their own platform. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. So Ghost Boy, back in school, 
me and Claude went to design school together back in Georgia. He had always been working on Blue Cat. It was in design school, I think 2015. That's when I started. I came up with the first sketches of of Ghost Boy, which stemmed from I've just always petri- I've been petrified of, of death. It's just like I think about it all the time. I was thinking about it last night before I go to it. Just I can't like there's some things I can I can reason with and rationalize, but just the fear of the unknown of the other side has just been it's just seared into me from a middle schooler. I just remember it hitting my head one day. I was like, wow, my consciousness is just going to not exist one day. I can't. This is scary. Ghost Boy is like my interpretation of it's a celebration of life and the time between now and, and the other side. So with Ghost Boy, the whole ethos is it's supposed to be an art collection. I said there's no utility. Half of the funds from Ghost Boy are used to fund Alpha Labs, which gave us a little bit of a, a runway for the first year. And then the other funds raised with that is just me trying to scale the brand as best as I can. But I think because of my some degree of like clout and previous track record with Cool Cats, I think that that's what led itself to how sticky it was and how it was well received. Um, and Twitter and, and let us to sell out, but it was a lot of fun. It's wild reliving the like the PTSD of what we learned and through launching Cool Cats and the momentum of happy people and people not being happy and expectations and reality and time and what's the utility, what's this, and then I did it all over again with Ghost Boy for some reason because clearly I'm unstable mentally or something. But yeah, we had pretty awesome numbers there. But it's goofy because I didn't really realize it until hindsight, but. Upon launching Ghost Boyer, as I was how I was perceiving the collection or the art I was packaging, I'm like, this is an art collection for me of, of immortalizing a piece of me that's on the blockchain so I can effectively live forever and I can beat death, like take that death. But then upon selling out and the traction I got, I think I just made a brand actually. So it wasn't, it transcended just an art collection. It is just an art collection, but now I'm I'm sort of ideating through who is my audience? Is it a lifestyle brand? Is it a clothing brand? Is it an animated series? So I'm still, um, I'm having a lot of conversations behind the scenes about like the best way to authentically scale Ghost Boy beyond the blockchain. But that's a, through Alpha Labs and my co-founder and some of the team at Alpha Labs, they helped me do the front end and the smart contract to get the collection out and live. So that's that's under Alpha Labs belt as well. Well, congrats, man. And also the recent intro of Lunar Pass has definitely like piqued our interest. If you could kind of go into what that is, maybe reveal some of the features and benefits and how it adds to the overall Cool Cats experience going back there. Yeah. So the Lunar Pass ties into basically, I I don't want to spill too much because I don't know what's out there, but it's tied to, you'll get access to uh, Alpha Discord. And it's basically sort of the way to think about it would be like behind the curtain look into what we're developing, what Klon's working on himself, like in regards to the next character or characters, plural. And it also adds their cool score a little bit. The way to think about it is essentially like, an alpha insight pass as, as far as getting a little bit one more layer behind the curtain of of what we're cooking up over at cool cats land so that's as much as i can say about that one makes makes sense thanks for sharing i never struggle with death tell me the secret my man what is it it's just like sleeping you know whatever you got to be there to experience it but i, I <laughs> my struggle is that life is so there's like Yes, there's pain. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's pain in life, but it's just, I don't know, man. No, I'm right there with you. I think about it all the time. Some people allegedly aren't afraid of death. And I, I'm like, are you lying to me or is this actually, are you actually not? Because I just can't. There's moments where I can be okay with it. But Once you have a, your ghost boy, you're good, man. You yeah, can't yeah, immortalized, exactly. bro. What's immortal can never die. There you go. That's it. When I was in, I didn't go to design school, but I went to music school. And there's a really good guitar player. It was a couple of years ahead of me, jazz guitar player. 
he is kind of like a dark, not not a dark guy per se, but he's kind of quiet, gruffly voiced, like always had stubbles, always smoking a cigarette. And I was got in a little conversation with him one day and I think we got into what, what he was reading. Like, oh, this will be good. It's called Denial of Death by Ernst Becker. <laughs> and, you know, he's just saying it's it's all about like how everything we do as humans is is in in essence like a way of us like denying the fact that we're going to die. So I don't know if that's going to overcomplicate your your uh, ruminations on the topic or not to read the book, but it gives me a hug and it scares me even more. So you know. <laughs> I went and read it. It was it was an interesting book. All right. So we're at the last question here. Looking forward to getting the edge quick hitters next. But before we do that, can you share a little bit about the general on your personal roadmap within all these project projects, what's coming up, partnerships, artist collaborations, features, stuff like that you might not have mentioned yeah. yet? This is always like the, it's like, watch me make a nothing burger in real time. It's like, there's so many conversations we're having behind the scenes, both Cool Cats and with Ghost Boy. And it's like, you can't, it's like, we're having conversations and there, there's a lot of potential, but I guess I'll just reemphasize the big moment that we're, we're really propping up for 2023 is going to be the float reveal for the Macy's Day Parade with Cool Cats. And we're really just shining our laser cannon and making that moment sort of like the shot heard around the world. You know what I mean? Like there's only, this is going to be the first NFT float ever and the Macy's Day Parade ever. We're making sure that the touch points and the stickiness and how it's perceived is like, we're thinking through it as, as much as we possibly can. So people who don't know anything about anything and the reach as massive as possible. That's what I'll say about that. With Ghost Boy, there's a lot of ideas I'm, I'm working through. I'm talking to an animation studio currently. I'm talking to some clothing folks as well. So I'm I'm just trying to figure out the best way to to scale him. But and the same thing with uh, Back to Coolcast again. Like we we partnered with Animoca in last year, 2022. When we rolled out Cool Pets, we sort of got trapped in this feedback loop of let's do a game. We should build the game ourselves. And then it just things didn't materialize in the way that we that was to conducive to the optimal success. With Animoca, they do games. They have 300 people under their umbrella game suite. We're in a position where we can we can partner with them and work on games. That's to say, we have a couple things in production with them. I can't say when we're going to share what that's looking like, but as someone who's seen some of that stuff personally, it's looking great and it's going to be really exciting. And Blue Cat's going to transcend the blockchain to a, an app store near you is what I'll say. So that'll be cool. Amazing stuff, yo. Thanks for sharing. Keep an eye out. Lots of fun stuff coming. Appreciate you sharing with us, Evan. And you know, we want to transition a little bit, as Ethan shared with you. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you receive that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. 
Before we jumped in here, we got another segment called Edge Quick Hitters, and it's really a fun and quick way for us to get to know you a little bit better. There's 10 questions. We're looking for short answers, like single word or few words, but we may dive a little bit deeper here okay. or there. You ready to get after it? I think so. All right, let's do it. Question number one, what's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Ever? Like, like, like before NFTs? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you can remember the back. time before NFTs. <laughs> yeah. I, know that? <laughs> I mean, probably like a Snickers bar, but as far as something that I had more conviction, probably like a pack of Pokemon cards or Mage Knights. Did you guys ever hear about Mage Knights? You guys know what that is? It's like, I'm speaking to myself here. It's, it's really those like little miniature characters and there's like a base that you can click them. I was into that as well as a kid. So I'm, I remember buying those at the, the comic book shop and just all the endorphins would just wash over me, hoping I'd pull a rare one. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, question number two is what is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Ever selling? I got a sad story. I, uh, I got finessed on eBay for my, for my Yu-Gi-Oh collection. It was in a time before, I don't even know if PayPal was like a standard on eBay and it was sort of just like, it must've been, but it, the rules and regulations were just not really there. I had this insane Yu-Gi-Oh collection that I had spent my like my whole middle school just assembling. This is before I got into, I like shoes now. This was like Yu-Gi-Oh, Evan. And I had, I had all of Exodia, I had some heaters and I, I sold it to some random guy who sent me a picture of a money order who like, who allegedly had sent, said, Hey, the money's on your way. And then I remember just waiting day by day. And then as a month went by and like, I never the money never showed up. It was just like, yep. Okay. Well, this is, that's, so that's simultaneously the first thing I remember selling and getting rugged on at the same time. Dude, that sucks. Yeah. Rough one for sure. All right. Question number three, what's the most recent thing you purchased? Oh, that's a recently I bought a, a an other deed the other day, What you guys doing. Yeah. So there nice. We go. Nice. Yeah. yeah we, We've got a rare one of those bad boys with a coda and all sorts of fun utility. That was a wild day where I lost a couple NFTs, did the mint and ended up uh, very fortunate. What do you mean you lost them? How'd you lose them? Well, I connected to a rogue um, oh. other other deed site and they got sucked oh, out. I hate it. I hate so, it. I hate it. So I had to... Um, that was a, a big... I mean, it was an expensive lesson, but for me... I've taken similar path as others have done with crypto and just kind of spread it out on a, a number of wallets. I appreciate yeah. the the idea of having that one wallet that that you know everyone can kind of see all the cool stuff you have, but but it's I not sustainable because you're one click away from no. yeah, being jeopardized. I I, I, I personally am a big fan of spreading that stuff out. That's a big brain move. Well, R.I.P. and to the fallen soldiers, to to you and anyone else who sees this. Gone, but not forgotten oh, you know, yeah. somewhere out there on the chain. Indeed. All right. Question four. What's the most recent thing you sold? Oh, man. I sold my Moonbird at a, at a super loss. I don't even want to talk about it. It just hurt. Next question. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's, let's move past. All right. Question five. Cinco. What is your most prized possession? Oh, man. I mean, it's got to be all my cool cats, obviously. Like, come on. Got to have it. Got to be it. Question six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, and experience, it's currently for sale. What would it be? What do you have your eye on? It's probably cliche, but just probably some just like, okay, I could buy it or I had the money to buy it. Or what is this? It's like, it's free. 
Infinite money. Okay, infinite money, like Sims cheat code. Okay, probably yeah. just some like insanely swanky house that is just way too big for one person. But like Palm Beach over here, the mountains over here, everything. Maybe there's like a helipad on there because why not? Just just basically a modern day fortress would be cool. Your own zip yeah. code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Love it. Don't forget the little guys. All right. <laughs> Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Oh, man. Oh, and I think personality traits, I think NFT collections. <laughs> That's so funny because in all 250 whatever episodes, I think that we've done this, I don't think it's ever come the to traits. mind. Yeah. The traits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That we're talking. And all of these guys, it definitely hasn't come up from a guest, but it's never occurred to me either. Has it occurred to you guys, Ethan, Josh? It's a good no. question. I don't, I don't think not, not in, not in a very, in a big way. So weird. We do a damn NFT podcast. Anyway, Evan, sorry. The floor is yours, sir. Hmm. That's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, cause we're all learning and bettering ourselves. People should be more like me, but I think I've been better and getting better about like just due diligence. And, and even like what, uh, what you were saying earlier, Josh, like the, we get stuck in this, like, Oh, now instant, like, ah, this uh, right now, I got to click the link right now. I'm in the thing right now. And just sort of having a pause of if, if you're in the eye of the storm, like just catch your breath for one second and it's all noise. Everything's just noise. Like all of it, it's all noise. You know, just give yourself one minute, five minutes, an hour to just breathe and just really audit and understand the situation you're in, whether it's talking to someone, a relationship thing, minting something and just being, am I reacting here or am I responding here? And just, it's easy to just robotically go through these motions of like, click the thing, say the thing, da, da, da. The older I'm getting, the more conscientious I'm trying to be. I'm not like that all the time, but that's the way that I try to be. I love that. It reminds me actually of a really cool feature that Gmail added. And I've noticed with my iPhone, which is if you send an email, you have about 10 seconds. Oh, the undo. Yeah. Undo your email. And I did retract a text or two the last few weeks where I felt a little bit crusty in that moment. Yeah. And or maybe there was a mistyping. I'm hoping it works. No, Josh, I got that text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got that text. He's like, we're talking after this. I, I wish you didn't send that. Yeah. All right. Let's flip that one on its head. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Oh man. Let me just zoom in on all my flaws real quick. Yeah, let's do that. Let's see. Eliminate one of my personality traits. Sometimes I interject a lot because I just love talking and I love expressing myself. So I'm like, eh, eh, eh. I guess letting, maybe allowing more of a pause between my expressing my, what I have to say and someone else expressing theirs. We'll take it. That's great. All right. Question nice number pause. nine. Nice What'd you do just before nice joining pause. us? Yeah, it was a great pause. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> What'd you do just before joining us on the podcast? Let's see. I was actually in the gym earlier. I did a cold plunge. It was very cold. And then I worked out and then I did the sauna and then I made some coffee. Yeah. Nice day. I do like the half the cold plunge where I put half my body in cold water. I mean, hey, that's, that's better than zero. What half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just his head. <laughs> Just goes head first. <laughs> All right. One leg went on, you know. All right, cool. Question 10. Last one. What are you doing next after the podcast? Oh, that's a good question. I got to take a young Charles, aka Carlito, aka Sir Charles, aka Charmander out on a walk because he's been a good boy. He needs some outside sniffs. It's like 85 degrees here in Austin. So he's going to be a hot boy out there. He's got to touch grass. We all got to touch grass. Oh, man. I was hoping with consensus being earlier that wouldn't be so hot. No, it's going to be like 90 degrees when everyone's getting here. Yeah, welcome. Come on in. Oh, man. All right. Well, I guess cool off in your pool, I hope, at some point. There we point. go. Yeah. It's I'll see you over there. It's incredibly hot in Texas. 
Yeah, you guys should say hey though when uh, when you're here, we get some barbecue or something. That um, sounds awesome. great, man. I love me some barbecue always. That'd be great. By the way, when was this touch grass thing? Is this new or did I just start hearing it? I feel like I only started hearing people say that like a month ago or something. Is that? Nah, that's like a last year thing. I don't know. That's don't a last was... year thing. Oh, yeah, thank you. So. That's uh, I'm, I'm game, on last old, year man. things. Okay. That's got okay. It. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Should we get on to the hot topics? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing with us, bud. I think we got a special hot topic, Ethan. Let's jump in. Yeah, let's do it. A little special sponsored hot topic here. We're excited to do a sponsored spotlight for Mint Tangible. This is a pioneering company transforming the intellectual property landscape in the Web3 space. It recently launched a game-changing blockchain solution for NFT creators and brands designed by experts in IP law, licensing, and blockchain technology. And the solution that they're launching will enable creators to bind IP and royalty rights to NFTs on-chain, patent-pending solution with all the complexity behind the scenes so the users uh, don't have to worry about that going on. Um, and the IP rights structures generated intelligently encoded on chain bound to each NFT and the NFT collection, each NFT receives public rights registry listing where anyone can look up all things related to the IP terms of the NFTs, verified identity of the licensor, registered works being licensed and the IP terms that apply. Pretty cool. I mean, and in some sense, you know, anybody could be attaching this information to any NFT, but nobody's really doing it in an organized way that's user-friendly. This is an exciting step. It's interesting to see how this uh, project develops. Any thoughts on this, Evan? You know, as someone who's got your own IP going on here, how do you think about this stuff? It's funny because there's so many, like, they're like, oh, what can I do with the IP? And it's just like, you can do anything. They're like, all right, cool. 
And then it's like, no one does anything. Okay. Like it's, it's, it's so much like just, all right, well, what can I do with it though? And the, so I don't know, Actually, but stuff like this is great. Clearly defining what you can do. Yeah. It reminds me a previous podcast I had was the run with it podcast. And as the co-host, the thing that we thought was super exciting was we would have these experienced entrepreneurs on the podcast and they would share a business idea that they don't have time to pursue, but they think is really awesome. But the thing that we thought was really exciting is we offered to the listeners from the very start, you call, you like send us an email telling us why, you know, you, you should be the one pursuing this idea. We'll connect you with that experienced entrepreneur for like a private mentorship session. Incredible. Nobody took us up on it. Like it was yeah, not like, that's a great idea. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it, it's true. Like people want to enjoy IP. Some people want to do things with it, but it is a little bit of a conundrum. I, I can see what you're saying. They're asking you, what should I do? It's like, well, that's, it's up to you. <laughs> what can I do? Is it, you can do anything. Well, I don't want to do anything. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit more context, you know, Mintangible did come by Outer Edge and they had a cool booth and, and um, they talked to a lot of creators there. And I actually, um, you know, introduced them to a few creators. And there was this moment to your point, Ethan, where creators were like, and, and Evan, what you're saying, like, they're like, oh, wow, I haven't even thought about this. And so there was this pretty big educational component to what Mintangible is doing in terms of, you know, they come from an IP background. Emily, one of the founders, she's, she's an IP lawyer by trade, where it's really talking to creators about how they can be more empowered um, through the digital assets they create. It's a really powerful concept uh, when you think about it that way. Yeah. I think one of the like missing components though, for that infrastructure is we need some sort of intermediary white label third party or net new solution where they say, Hey, have you got a collection or NFT from this collection, this collection, this collection? Okay, cool. We have the infrastructure to instantly deploy a storefront for your goods to da da da. Cause I think a lot of people, a lot of people want to apply their NFTs a thing, but it's that like a lot of people haven't done a Shopify store before or, or just like, you know, launched anything. So it's just sort of like a, where do I start? So I think that's, that's going to be something we're probably going to see in the, in the near short term. Man, that sounds like a, a job for your new uh, laboratory. Yeah. Alpha labs. The other side of it too, is there's always like a power law with anything. There's the few, you know, you see folks, we had a, uh, Illa, Illa, the producer, come on and show us how he was doing things with with his uh, with his ape NFT, right? And at, at, at Outer Edge, and you know we had spotty Wi-Fi and things like that. Now there's those people that are doing it and are excited about, it and they kind of know what to do, and they're on the track. And in essence, those people sometimes are wondering why other people aren't using those privileges and rights. So there's probably another world here too. To I don't even know. And again, this is a place where. The law has to be written around this to license out your rights to monetize your NFT to someone else who's just excited about it, right? Yeah. I feel like any so much of the granular like intricacies of whatever avenue or sub avenue you like so much of it comes all the way back down to like education. Like people, there's just so much information and misinformation of, of application of how do I get the token? What can I do with it? How do I put on a thing? It's just nothing is easy. Like none of this is easy. We're in like hard mode land where it's like funding a wallet with crypto and buying a token. Like that took a lot of work to even just get there and make sure your keys aren't even jeopardized. Like way to go you. And now it's like, how do we apply that to other things? But I think it's all going to be like a, a educational thing, I think. Yeah. 
mint tangible here. That's, I guess, their goal is to have something that's a trusted solution. We've got these NFT lawsuits that are hitting the headlines. IP disputes are out there. In essence, I think crux of what they want to do is protect the IP for the creators, like give them something and the royalty rights, give them something where, yeah, maybe that part of it is a little bit of a headache. That's a little bit difficult to consider. I've got to write up a contract or something like that. It turns into almost like a legal Zoom of sort for, and that's my terminology, not necessarily theirs, but in order to put this all together in a quick and easy way. It definitely gets us closer to the easy button. When you think about IP, there's a lot of nuances from music to um, using the product in a movie, to creating a product, to doing a collab with the product, to tracking a derivative of that product and then creating something with it. I think these are all things that the creators should be able to think about and have an easy button for sort of figuring out what rights they want to give and how they want to give those rights. It seems like it'll perpetuate adoption for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the flip side of it too, right? Because owners, collectors, they need to know what their rights are and feel comfortable using that IP effective because these folks are not experts in IP, right? They're not IP attorneys. They don't know. People are kind of out there using them kind of willy-nilly. So if they know, like, what are we actually allowed to do with this thing? The other cool thing I think they're doing is they're publishing like open source NFT license templates for people to use, which again, if we're talking about adoption and easy buttons, kind of the legal Zoom side of it, things like collectibles, commercials, music, other places to support both sides of the equation, the creators that are making the stuff and then the owners that are on the other side of it that want to use this stuff, but maybe are even tentative because they are afraid of like stepping on toes or, you know, doing something that might be illegal. That's pretty cool of them as well. There's nothing potentially illegal to do here. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. In the meantime, if, if anyone wants to check out what these guys are doing, we are big fans. They can, I mean, Tangible is offering a free certification for your first NFTs and you can experience that. Um, on their platform and maybe streamline some of your IP management, help the trust, transparency, all things that we care about in the Web3 ecosystem. You can just go to mintangible.io. It's M-I-N-T-A-N-G-I-B-L-E.io and follow these guys on Twitter at the same handle. It's M-I-N-T-A-N-G-I-B-L-E underscore I-O on Twitter. Check these guys out. Yeah, I think they also got a recent funding round, right? So they got some capital to go make this thing happen as well. So they're on that. ready to build. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, cool. That concludes our hot topic segment. Thanks for your enthusiastic participation, Evan. I think we picked a good one for this particular episode. Yeah, a lot to say. Oh, for sure. We appreciate it. Now we move on to a quick shout out segment, which we always enjoy. And I think we did talk with you previous to pick a few interesting folks or projects to shout out anybody in particular you want to hip the audience to check out well i always got to shout out my brother clon obviously at Cloncast. follow him and my buddy a town brown he recently launched a uh, grumby's grumby's nft he helped me do the produce the metadata and the, like the rng the assets for the for ghost boy so shout out a town brown he just did grumby's check out grumby's and then ghost boy lives that's my baby that's my new new baby uh check out the project get you a ghost boy um, and, you know, what's immortal can never die. Be part of the movement. Beautiful. There it is, y'all. 
Appreciate the shout outs, man. And say, before we break for the episode, dude, we also got to let folks know where to follow you and, and all the projects that you're working on. Where should we send them? Cool. Yeah. So uh, E-V-A-N-L-U-Z-A is my name. Evan Luza at Evan Luza. Elu is what I go by. Elu. I'm a big freestyle rapper, dude. I'm from Atlanta. The joke is if you're from Atlanta, you rap. Everyone raps in Atlanta. Elu was bestowed upon me many, many ciphers ago. And I just, and I kept it with me. So at Evan Luza on Twitter, if you're in Web3, you're on Twitter. But you can check out uh, Ghost Boy, Alpha Labs, and then obviously Cool Cats as well from my Twitter. So, so check me out. All right. You got it, brother. All right, guys. Well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.